All right, welcome everyone to an AMA the 31st of March. Um, a, few, a few technical things uh, to note. We are moving the AMAs to a monthly version, uh, given that we really want to double down on focusing on actually uh, getting our work done. Uh, I know there is, uh, there are a lot of people who feel, you know, kind of the whole space uh, is going sideways and why aren't we doing more and when floor rise and all these kinds of things. We really want to move into our professional phase now and kind of get out of the hand-holding phase. And that means to us, we're going to be doing a monthly AMA instead of a weekly because we will still have the two Twitter spaces still making it where we can kind of talk about any recent updates or things going on with the market and so on. Uh, and we're now going to have the monthly newsletter. I have been avoiding the monthly newsletter, not so much on a time point of view, but I really didn't want to kind of jinx or rock the boat on all the stuff we were doing. Uh, so this AMA is going to be about kind of hardcore fat cat updates and then followed by the newsletter a few days later. Uh, updates on our trading strategy, updates on governance, and hopefully pretty soon updates on legalities. Uh, so that's going to be this focus. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, you know, for those who are listening to this recording, you know, you're always welcome to ask questions and stuff as we go along. Uh, you know, tag us as you do in Cafe Text Chat. I know a lot of people, as I say, you know, they, they, their biggest question is, are we doing enough? Are we doing things? You know, why floor? When rise? What about branding? I want to address that now, finally, because as I say, I am out of Israel and in SOC. So I feel like I've got a lot more freedom to speak. But essentially, where we stand is as follows. Fat Cat's minted in a time when there really wasn't much clarity at all on the legal structure of things. We knew this, and we did that to our advantage. In hindsight, we couldn't have done anything differently, if you think about it, because imagine if we had asked back then for everyone to do a KYC, we would have never minted out, right? So we had to kind of follow the legal situation at the time. Now we started to get a lot of clarity from the SEC. And essentially, as far as they're concerned, we did launch a security, right? We did launch a security and that's fine. And, uh, and so now that we know that that is the case, you know, us doing any form of loud branding until we sort out that legal status would be a, a finger into their eye. I want to kind of remind everyone of what happened with Slotties you know, Slotties did heavy marketing and also Slotties did gambling and found themselves with cease and desist letters from the SEC. So I think it's extremely important and uh, that, that we, you know, do things in the right order, even if it frustrates people on the short term. So pillar number one is our different investment strategies, which we're doing, which is kind of the current day to day. And I'll go into updates on that. Pillar number two is research, because that has always been an important thing over here, both as an education pillar and also as a vocabulary, right? If anyone goes to the research section of the site, you'll see there are amazing reports, and that allows the council in its minutes to have the discussions and make decisions of what we're going to be investing in. So, for example, we approved DGODS uh, now that it's coming over to ETH in the last council meeting. So I think it's very important when, you know, our holders do check in that they can go to one of those reports and get kind of the same vocabulary to have a discussion with the council and then we're all on the same page, right? There's a reason behind our strategies. Then the second aspect, um, so sorry, so first aspect are what we're doing with our current funds. Second aspect is the research and education so that we can kind of be this business club and have uh, a clear kind of professional reason why we're doing in different trades and different investments. And then the third pillar is getting our legality sorted. Only when we have all three of those things working kind of seamlessly, can we start to make a big branding push? Because if we don't, if we don't do it in that order, we will either kind of poke the bear when it comes to the SEC and stuff and be on their radar, or we'll just be wasting money for a short term pump. And again, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna say it outright now. I'm gonna you know I want to call it call it what it is over here. Those who are looking for us to do a quick pump of the floor are usually people who are just trying to get out with as smaller losses possible, right, Park? I mean, I, I you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call a spade a spade, right? In other words, the the people who have been here for the long term 
are as frustrated as everyone else in the space. Okay, we, we entered into a bear market, this bear market's drawing on, it's annoying. But the people who have bought in for the long term generally do not want us to do things that manipulate the floor because manipulating the floor means that basically we're giving the people who are frustrated an exit. And I'm going to give you a really good example. If you look at a good example, uh, other side, right? Every time other side pumps, other side pulls back generally. Why? Because there were people who were waiting to get out of other side, right? Now, that doesn't mean they're not bullish on the overall legal system, but they're like, holy shit, other side is going to take months and months until it's a proper game, right? And so a lot of, when I speak to people in some of the different communities, they say, yeah, other side seems cool, but it's going to take ages. I just want to get my capital out, right? And there are people that feel the same for fat cats. I think we were very honest always. Um, you know, I'm just going to mute you. I, I think we were always very honest with the fact that we were a long-term project. I think everyone else said the term long-term and, 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 you know, it was nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But I think we've always been extremely clear that we're long-term focused. And so doing anything that is about a short-term pump to our floor or short-term making a noise, I think is detrimental to our promise to our holders about what we're trying to build over here. And so I think to be really clear, Yes, branding is extremely important and messaging and then by default, our floor coming in line with that and so on. But right now, to do that without solving the regulatory questions is just dumb. It's throwing money at the problem that 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 it isn't going to solve. Right. So in other words, you know, when you look at our two groups of who our potential holders are, those two core groups are people who just want a piece of the crypto pie, the, the NFT pie, but don't want to be doing the trading themselves, either because they don't think they're a strong trader or because they're busy with their lives and they would like to put their funds into the equivalent of a mutual fund, right? To people who are managing funds. And the second group are whales who love the fact we're, we're doing arbitrage and investing in blue chips. But for that second group, and now more and more as the SEC becomes more and more scary, both of those groups really do not want us, do, or more correctly, really those groups keep asking the question, what is the legal status? Am I okay? Can I vote in DAOs? Can I own uh, fat cats and things without getting in trouble? This is becoming more and more a real question that's scaring people very seriously. And so for us to do anything that, that, that gives some short-term relief to the floor without resolving that big underlying question of what is our status and things is just, is just stupid. So just to recap again, our core focuses are the trading, right, with the funds we actually have, the current trading strategies, two, the research and education so that we have a common vocabulary to be able to communicate with each other, right, and I think we're doing a great job in that. Then the regulatory stuff. And once we have all of those in place, then we can start to do more branding. Now, we are in the background, not doing nothing, right? The research, I think, is marvelous. I mean, if you go to the research section, you'll see. I also think we've got our governance and our reporting down to a T. Uh, we're, we're improving it more and more, but I don't think there's any other DAOs or groups who are doing the amount of accounting and reporting that we are doing. Um, and that will be important in the long term, because as we start to then do bigger branding pushes, people will look at us and go, wow, you know, they've got all of their I's dotted and their T's crossed. And then, of course, you know, I want to give a shout out to the media squad. We are starting to do threads and we are going to be more consistent with our Twitter space and stuff moving forward. So I do think we have a lot in place, but I want to make it clear that, yes, I agree to everyone that is reaching out about our flow and branding. Of course, it's important. But for us to do anything short term about it would be really, really dumb, especially when I've made it. I've made it to the Channel Islands. And starting in April, I will start to be talking to the lawyers and the accountants and so on. So that's where we're up to, friends. We're continuing the trading. We're continuing the research and education. And now we're getting that third pillar in place which is the regulations before we can move into more branding. Now, just to go into some updates 
Uh, again, as I said at the start of this, you know, we're moving the AMA to monthly because we're going to have the Twitter spaces where we can talk about the markets and short term things. We're going to keep these monthly. And similarly, the newsletter now can come out because I've got a lot more power of freedom of speech, which I didn't have uh, from Israel, that I can now talk freely because Israel has, was also going down the route uh, of America and so on because of our close ties to the American SEC and stuff over there. So now I can talk a lot more freely about uh, things in the in the monthly newsletter. And so I will be doing that like clockwork and, you know, give or take a few crises or needing to be on Guernsey or whatever else or business trips. We will be having this monthly and we will be having two Twitter spaces um, a week. Uh, we're still making it. When it comes to the classes, I will be doing those infrequently. If anyone else wants to do classes, they're welcome to. But I won't be committing to that because I do think I will have quite a busy schedule going forward with banks and lawyers for the next few months. So I want to, you know, focus my attention on trading and on the legalities because, you know, we've got an obligation to keep doing good trades and things as well as getting these next pillars done. So I think we are being consistent and working hard. Uh, that said, March was a bit of a dead month for us. I was moving, so I wasn't doing a lot of trading. Uh, Nadia was selling her company, so she, the combination of that and also gold being quite volatile, she has been doing nothing but is starting up again next week. Bella has also had some personal things, uh, and Bella wishes to kind of note on the record that she missed out an opportunity to sell some of the little pudgies and things. She is personally going to make that right. Uh, because she felt, you know, that she really should have, you know, been more organized. But she will be doing that in the next few weeks. She'll be full back on schedule. And then Parker has been uh, consistently active for us on trading, being quite conservative. Parker, do you want to just pipe on on what you've been doing on the currency side and the leverage and, and, and what we're doing there? Yeah, just like you said, staying consistent with the market. It's been a whirlwind the past couple of weeks, and that's good. Good for those that set out. You know, a lot of indicators are pointing down. It went up, vice versa. Um, but, you know, looking now, it looks like we're in the green for now and continuing that way. We have the option, like you mentioned, with leverage in the right in the right context and positions. And, uh, yeah, go from there. Awesome. Now, we're primarily uh, long ETH at the moment, right? We're long ETH and we're also holding, I believe, uh, a decent amount of USDC. And then we've approved for your trading as well, Bitcoin, Matic, uh, Blur and Arbitrum tokens. Oh, and ApeCoin. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, cool. And uh, and so you've been dollar cost averaging, I think, into ETH recently. So we're, you know, we're in the green over there, as I think you said. For ETH, yeah, still holding a lot of USD, making some sales on Blur. Uh, looks like the altcoins kind of made a move today versus uh, ETH. So Bitcoin wasn't as fast to respond, so might be moving more into the, the alts that we have listed there. Awesome, awesome. So uh, just just kind of a, a summary of that, I think, you know, what, what percentage would you would say we're holding ETH versus USDC at this time? Um, more ETH. So be three to one. Excellent. Okay. Uh, okay. So we're quite long in ETH. Awesome. Okay, great. And and you got in, I think, in the sixteen hundreds. I think, right? Yes. 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 Oh well, we did. Yeah, we did some range trading from fantastic uh, seventeen seventeen fifty up to the eighteens. And so, waiting on market confirmation for the next direction, and looking positive right now. Cool. Awesome. And we'll start to add a summary of the things, everyone, to the monthly newsletter as well. So in addition to the holdings page, which kind of gives you a snapshot of what we actually hold at the end of any week and the monthly accounting, which you can again, I'm going to go into detail and explain what's up there. But if you go to the website, we have two things currently there. We have the monthly accounting, which balances the books and also shows you charts of where our holdings are valued in ETH and USDC. We have the Holdings page, which shows you a snapshot of our assets in any week, and that gets updated on Thursdays. And then we also have, we will also have the newsletter where I will dedicate a section to talking about who's been doing what in trade so you can get an idea of which strategies are working. Because we are going to kind of adjust, right? You know, we will weight our funds to different strategies. We might 
stop and some strategies. So we are always experimenting on that. Uh, what am I going to be doing for the blue chip trader at the moment? Firstly, we approved D gods this week as well. So I'm watching that closely as they bridge over today and we'll probably be trading. I, I, I chose not to buy, buy D gods in the soul side before I saw the pump. And the reason I didn't do that was because I am getting a lot of mixed messages from the from the ETH, ETH maxis and ETH whales. Some of them are really pro that ecosystem. Some of them are like, screw this, I'm just doing you guys. So what I need to see is some volume over there first. And if we miss the first wave of D gods, I'm not concerned, there'll be many more. Utes has not popped off that much. Now you could argue that's because it's on Matic, but I think going a little bit conservative here and waiting to see some volume trends is the way to go for D gods, even if we end up missing the first play. The second thing I'm following closely is Azuki, uh, like very closely. I'm looking for any news opportunities to get at some pumps over there and everything Yuga. Um, I'm going to be trading other side Ds as well and coders and things more now as well because we're going to be getting a lot of different news cycles that will give us small pumps and just an opportunity for some easy cash on a low risk uh, situation. I'm also following Bendow closely because there are loans popping off over there. Again, with a focus on Yuga and Azuki, I'm not buying in more into CloneX at this time. And I'm definitely, we're, we have downgraded Proof and Doodles. So although CloneX we haven't downgraded, unless I see some really good opportunities, the volume really isn't there right now in CloneX. So I'm keeping it to Azuki and Yuga. Uh, and D gods if we see the volume and then I am still we were not I was not that successful in getting loans yet for us that I is purely based on me being on on the move right in other words the loans required a lot more of my attention I couldn't give it yet so we are starting to issue loans for those who don't know what I mean by that that means that we will issue loans against collateralized like mutant apes for example and uh, you know, give them 50 or 60% of the current floor value, which gives us a lot of protection because they either kind of give us an APY of, of 30% uh, a month, I think it comes out to, and we do it for a day or a week, uh, or if they default, we end up getting the mutant. Um, yes, yes, that's why I'm, I'm saying AI, I'm saying Yuga in general. In other words, I'm gonna be watching all of the Yuga things. It doesn't matter, you know, we trust in all of them, right? So. I'm just following the, the volume and the news and the whales discussions to see, is it dog season? Is it other side season? Is it heavy MLT season? So I'm watching all of those opportunities. But on the auctions, on the loans, I'm focusing on um, um, board apes, mutant apes, uh, and crypto punks. But on the trading side, I'm following other side deeds, dogs, mutants, uh, and and heavy metal and probably soon the maracodas right these these new ones that are going to be dropping as well uh, because i think people will start speculating on the harvesters the farmers being more valuable necessarily than the defenders early on and stuff like that so there will be some interesting threads and theories and some good opportunities i think for us to just get in and get out so that is what i'm going to be focusing on heavily yuga and azuki and as i say possibly d gods d gods is interesting because you know, Frank is such an active founder that prices tend to move when Frank speaks, right? Uh, similarly, with, with Pudgy Penguins, which is the, the main focus right now of Bella, uh, similarly, when Luca Nett speaks, things move. Uh, another thing that I'm following, but less closely, is Renga, which once Bella is full-time back, she'll be probably taking that over from me. But Renga, you know, is another one that the ecosystem is very much consolidated moving in a, in a good way. Um, I want to give a shout out to Pearl. Uh, if anyone has not had a chance to see the recent research, we have a number of reports over there now as well. New ones, we have an, a derivative one for Yuga different derivatives and we have for token gated communities. Right now, the main focus of the research is we're, we're doing a big report on art and on Bitcoin ordinals because we, we strongly want to start adding art trading as well as a strategy we just because you know you're finally in the age of bigger volume for art art things right not art passes mind you by the way not trading the iconic moments and things like that they tend to be fairly low volume but some of the very the kind of the top tier collections whether it be you know reddit genesis 
um, or um, chromy squiggles and stuff, there's a good amount of volume over there. So we want to be, you know, approving some of those as well to trade and we'll keep you updated on that. And then ordinals, right? Ordinals are finally getting their marketplace. Ordinals continue to shine. Uh, you know, Yuga made great strides with their recent sale, uh, the sale of the of the ordinals from a few other key collections like D-Gods and stuff that did very well as well. So, you know, I think it's important that we stay on top of the Bitcoin uh, ecosystem uh, and the collectible, kind of the pure collectible side. But we're, what are we focusing on over there? We're focusing on the very top tier ones in a good price range with a lot of volume, right? So that's kind of what we're trying to find. Which are those projects? And then what kind of angle do we want to take? But we're not taking a huddle approach yet. And uh, just a recap for those who, who want to know why. Remember, even though I come from the fine art world, I think that until... Uh, we have a bigger audience over here of kind of global collectors and a place to flex, right? A place like other side where you can have a gallery or your home and show it off. It's, you know, it's very hard for art NFTs to be considered the same level flex uh, as a PFP with the exception of a very few artists like Beeple and stuff like that. And then also because of that, they tend to have low volume. So we have stuck to things where we can, you know, both have good support on their downside right or good stable investments um, you know from a lot from a risk point of view but also have a solid amount of liquidity now of course the whole blur farming and trading has opened up a whole lot of new volume a good example is nouns but we are trying to be quite careful with that because we don't yet have kind of the mass adoption and we don't yet have the avenues for people to display and i think uh, Instagram pulling out of NFTs or maybe even just using NFTs as a way to try and circumvent Apple and it didn't work out for them is a very serious blow for kind of th that display aspect, right? Because there's two cool, kind of two or three cool ways to display. You can have like real-time art Basel, which is quite niche, but it does get it into museums and stuff like that. You can have Instagram and social medias like high rise where you can display both of them just pulled the plug, right? So, you know, curated, curated portfolios. And then you can have the kind of virtual world aspect, right? Whether it be virtual reality or gamified like other side. So we only really have the first option, which is the galleries and the third option. The middle option is now gone. And I think that's helped kind of causing people to question um, you know, how big do they want their art collections to be? And of course, we're in a difficult economy. So um, yeah, that is something we're watching closely and we're going to have a strategy for soon. And so that's where Pearl is focusing his research on right now. Okay, so I just want to see if there's any questions regarding our strategies. But in short, Parker's been very consistent. I've been away getting back into it now. Nadia's been away getting back into it now. Bella's been away getting back into it now. So we all kind of took off March. Um, no bullshit about shitty markets and stuff. We've always existed in shitty markets. We're all as about succeeding despite shitty markets, right? That has been our whole history. We've never been in the bull. So uh, this is kind of an apology. Moves, life happened. March has been pretty dead for us. But we're hitting the ground running April. Um... And uh, yeah, I think I've been watching that market closely. So I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Uh, welcome, Pearl. We were just updating on the research that the other thing we want to be looking to invest in is art and you doing reports on that so people can watch out for that. Uh, any other questions like that from AA about our investment strategies? And then because if not, I'm going to pivot to talking a little bit about um that third pillar, which is, you know, what what's regulation look like? What's our plan? Um, any other questions? If not, I'm going to move on. Okay, cool. All right. So regarding regulations, just to summarize for everyone again, there are two aspects that I'm trying to resolve. Aspect number one is the ownership aspect, right? Currently, we don't have a legal status. We don't have a legal wrapper. Okay. We, we're not a corporation. We're not a trust. We're not a foundation. We're a DAO, but kind of what does the law view us as? And what we do know that the SEC is starting to view us as is a security, right? We issued a security, meaning we've issued you all equity, we shouldn't have, blah, blah, blah. Are they going to do an amnesty? It doesn't look like it, right? So 
you know, what does that practically mean? That practically means that we're frozen in time. You all currently have a fat cap, which is a bearer equity item. It gives you a pro rata share and vote. But if we were to want to distribute uh, rewards to you, we would have to geo-block that. And maybe they would say that's, you know, not doing enough. But that's what we could do, right? If, we, if we're if we in profits and we want to distribute that to you, we could do that, fine. But we also can't grow, right? We can't have these sub-DAOs we talked about. We couldn't have another offering of the junior cats because now that we know that the SEC is likely viewing it as a security, no court in the U.S., and the U.S. does matter, friends. You know, the SEC will chase everyone down across the world if you're offering to Americans. It would be unacceptable for us to play dumb and say, oh, yeah, we're releasing juniors or we're releasing an 1155 token that's going to focus on something else, um, knowing that we're, we're basically issuing a security, right? We cannot play from the point of view of ignorance anymore. We claim to be a collector's club, which was a very sound claim, relatively speaking. But now that they are basically saying retroactively all of us were securities, we can continue to do what we've done do, or doing because we've already raised the capital and we're operating with the capital that we've raised. We have the SAS part of distributing, but there's a, a workaround, aka geoblocking, but we can't raise anymore. We can't grow, right? We've got all of this infrastructure that we've built, but we can't do further raises. And everyone knew when they were coming into FatCats that not only are we trying to make money from our different trading strategies, but ultimately, when you have something that succeeds, add a zero next to it, right? If you've got a clever fund that's working for trading board apes, and you can, you know, and you've got a track record, eventually, if you had a hundred thousand capital, you try get a million extra, right? Because it's a strategy; it's working. That's the story of all hedge funds and mutual funds, right? You you grow it. You make another offering. You do a stock split. You do a fundraising, you do a specialized fund and all of that. So group issue number one is, can we get a legal structure for us? And so I'll be talking to the lawyers of here called Carrie Olson to explore now with the, with the new Guernsey law, can we get a structure? Will that be a company? Will that be a trust? That is aspect number one. And I'll be talking to them, I think around the 15th of April. I just have a few banking issues I need to solve because I can't pay them in crypto and we don't want egg on our face. So I'm just getting my bank account sorted here in the Channel Islands. And that will take probably to the 10th of April. And then I'll be meeting them on the 15th. I'm already talking to them and the Society of Trust and Estate Practitioners. So we're hitting the, the ground running. I I didn't know this would be so well-timed, but basically, you know, the laws in the Channel Islands passed in September and came into play in January, and now they've had like four months to dissect it and come up with ideas. So this really is amazing timing. Uh, and also, of course, you know, I think everyone is petrified of what's going on with the SEC, but most crypto and NFT groups are just kind of choosing to be uh, ostriches about it, right? I mean, whenever I talk to other people, some of them are sending me private DMs and saying, what are you doing? Is there a solution? But what they're kind of publicly telling all of their people is, yeah, everything's fine. I mean, you know, the SEC hasn't really clarified anything, but they are, right? I mean, we're seeing very clearly from the SEC and from the EU and from the UK, how they are viewing these things. And um, yeah, it's, we're securities, guys, we're securities. So the legal structure of the ownership of what is your fat cat? Can we transport that into a trust or a corporation? That's question number one. And then question number two is, now that we've got this structure, right, can we have additional products, right? Can we have a fund that is focused on, you know, buying other side deeds, right? Like a metaverse fund. Can we take one of our strategies that's working like the gold fund and you know, raise a whole bunch of extra capital for it, right? Obviously, you as Genesis holders, you don't need to do anything else. You own a piece of that pie because Fat Cat owns a piece of that pie, right? So if you think about it, let's say we, we form a, a metaverse fund, we would seed, you know, 10% from the Fat Cat kind of DAO into it and be the overseers and then maybe raise the rest from, you know, an 1155 or whatever else, right? So you don't have to do anything. It, if you don't want to, if you want to be more, instead of just owning the whole basket, which is the whole pie of fat cats, you want to be more in a specific, you want to weight your asset management kind of into that specific uh, strategy. Fantastic. That's up to you. So what I do think, though, is going to be clear is any future offering we do 
or like a, a fund like that, that is likely going to have to be geared towards institutions and accredited investors, right? I want that to be very clear. Now, that of course is extremely annoying to all of you. However, if we get category one solved well, i.e. we can get a, a trust structure or a company structure for the owning of the fat cats, then we can have our cake and eat it too, right? Because anyone who's not an institutional credit investor can get a piece of the pie by owning fat cats. And then we can still kind of raise legitimately and be this, you know, literally Web3 financial asset manager, you know, via, via the other structures that we create and offer those to institutions and accredited investors, right? So it will be the best of both worlds, hopefully. In addition, as an extra revenue stream, if we get this right, and I'm pretty confident we're going to, again, we might have to make some uncomfortable choices of what our priorities are, and that's why I will kind of get all the options, present them to all of us, and we'll pick the most sensible to us. But if we get this all right, in addition to being, um, you know, managing our own funds, growing those funds into different strategies and doing additional raises for them, right? And getting a, getting a fee from that, right? Because the Fat Cats Council uh, and whoever are the fund managers will, will earn income from that and all Fat Cats holders will benefit from that, right? From the from the kind of the, the, the profit sharing, if you will. But in addition to that, we can also become fund administrators, meaning if we solve this paradigm, there are lots of traders like Nadia and others in the space that would love to have kind of tailored funds, right? But they, they don't have the legal structure. They don't have the framework for, for getting the licenses. They just want to trade. We would be able to be a fund administrator for them. And that would be a lovely revenue stream for us. Because again, then we're not taking any, on any of the risk. We're just doing the administration for them, right? We're making sure that all of that, and that's, you know, that we get to charge a lovely monthly maintenance fee. So that's what we're trying to do now. Um, I'm feeling very positive about it. Um, you know, I, like I'm, I'm feeling pretty bullish. Um, I, I think that in the short term, everything is going to feel really painful still. But I'm feeling very bullish on the fact that we are becoming experts in a territory that no one else wants to touch. Right. It's always very exciting when. You know, you know, when we wanted to make fat cats, so many people were telling me like, well, that's cool, Dylan, but, you know, I'm not touching that like other founders because, you know, it's a security law and there's coins and it's dangerous. And, you know, we, we haven't had a lot of competition, right? This is why we pivoted away from things like the launch pad and focused on our research and on kind of um, strategies and investing and stuff like that, because there are so many people who want to be a marketing agency and doing kind of launchpad stuff. There are very few people that want to compete with us, right? And then if we solve the legal stuff, we're like one of the only people dealing with this, right? Most people, as I say, are being ostriches about it, pretending they want to be able to still claim ignorance. We're taking the bull by the horns and finding solutions. And these solutions, we can apply to everyone, right? And, you know, the sky then becomes the limit because if anyone wants to then open, you know, real estate investment in, you know, Kuala Lumpur and structure it as a Web3 product, we can be that administrator, right? In this age of KYC and all of that, that is coming. They are going to be going for the gatekeepers. They're going to be going for Coinbase. They're going to be going for OpenSea. They're going to be going after the gatekeepers. So we won't even have to really start doing that KYC. We will probably just have to tick boxes saying, you know, if you want to buy this product, you need to be in, you know, have done your kind of KYC and accredited investor thing, right? There are going to be third-party groups that will be doing that for us. We won't have to do that. I'm just saying that most of those products likely will have to um, prioritize institutions and accredited investors because that's that's the writing on the wall. So I'm bullish on the fact that we're the only people that I know of trying to solve the solution. Uh, I want to give a shout out to ApeDAO and to Nouns. Actually, I want to talk about ApeDAO, not Nouns, because Nouns is Nouns. I think they're going to get themselves in a lot of trouble. But Ape DAO, Ape Foundation, is a unique case because from their inception, they are not a for-profit business. I know that's kind of hard for people to wrap their head around, but think of it like this. Yuga is a for-profit business, right? Yuga was given a lot of ApeCoin and stuff. And yes, the ApeCoin is there to enhance the ecosystem and stuff like that. But the way that the ApeCoin Foundation is set up is no one bought ApeCoin, right? It was given as gifts to everyone. And so the Ape Foundation is there to give 
grants, right? They give away money for people that are building things to enhance the ecosystem. There is no mechanism where the Abe Foundation gets money back. And so the Abe Foundation is set up in the Cayman Islands as a foundation. They are not... Uh, you know, they they are not a security and no one can claim they're a security. There is no way that they pass the Howey test because unlike, uh, unlike Ethereum and stuff where there was an initial offering and there was an expectation of profit, that expectation of profit isn't just because you expect to make a profit, right? There has to be you know, a, a, a certain standard of, of, of expectation that is normal in the investment world. The Ape Foundation created a coin to, to, to charge their, to kind of um, um, upgrade their ecosystem, to give a, a way for all of their pieces to come together. But their expectation of profit is on the Yuga assets. The ApeCoin is the means of transactions and stuff. And that people are buying ApeCoin because they want to use it and ends up going up. That's not Yuga's problem. And as for the Ape Foundation allowing staking, well, firstly, they geo-blocked Americans. And secondly, uh, you know, the staking was an initiative put out by the foundation. The foundation is not profiting from that, right? They're not getting a cut of it. They're not a commission. It is possible that staking might have to be pulled, right? There is that possibility. In other words, there might be a harsh interpretation whereby the staking, you know, they might have to pay a fine or something. But other than that, the Ape Foundation is truly a foundation. We cannot claim any of that. We've everywhere, you know, we might be careful with our wording and stuff, but we are clearly a for-profit collectors club, right? We, we still have always been able to kind of sit behind this, this premise of being a collectors club. And I think that has been true. But even, even, if we do, we are still a for-profit collectors club, right? We are the equivalent of, you know, people that get together and form a stock trading group, right? You know, where they get together and they buy and sell stocks together. They, that's legal, but it's clear that the intention over there is to make profit, right? I think there's no way we could ever argue in Fat Cats that that, that is not the capacity we are in, right? And so that's fine. But what could work for the Ape Foundation cannot work for us because we need a structure that allows us to legitimately trade and, and do our strategies and stuff like that. So in summary, again, there's two core questions to solve over here. Question number one is what, is, what legal wrapper fits us? Do we go with a Guernsey company or do we go as a Guernsey trust? And what does that mean for our American holders, right? Because this is you, you essentially have equity in fat cats, right? Your fat cats are a pro rata share and vote. We want to retain that. And then the second question is, can we continue to, you know, when we have successful strategies, can we spin off, you know, specialized funds for gold trading, for the, for, for the metaverse, etc.? And if so, do we need a fiduciary license and who can we target? Can we only target institutions and accredited investors or can we target others as well? And as I pointed out before, if we solve the ownership thing well, then you will, you might be not be able to come in from the accredited or institutional investor side, right? You might not be able to invest in our speciality products, but at least by owning fat cats, you will have a piece of that pie. So you can keep doubling down and, and buy more fat cats or you'll just see the gains to your fat cat. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that that would be kind of a, a decent compromise, even if it infuriates me on a libertarian level that the wealthy keep getting access to great investments and the middle class don't, right? Because that's the, the kind of the silver lining here, if you, if you want to talk about it, is that by the SEC applying full security law, what they're really saying is, all of these products are only going to be available to accredited investors and institutions. The common man needs to be protected from their own stupidity. That common man's allowed to go to the casino. That common man is allowed to go and buy as much booze as he wants in the supermarket. But that common man is too stupid uh, to make investment decisions in crypto and NFTs. What they really mean is they don't want you to because they don't want you to destabilize the economy. But you know, that's my personal outrage. But from a pragmatic point of view, if we can find a way where most people who are not accredited can still buy fat cats, but only the accredited investors and institutions will be allowed to buy our speciality products that we use to grow, so be it, right? And then the third part, the cream is if and when, and I'm going to say when over here, I'm sure we're going to have 
solutions, even if they're not ideal, but we're going to have a lot better solutions than most. Whatever those solutions we solve for fat cats and crown capital, we can then start white labeling that service for others who want to create DAOs and legal structures and groups who want to, you know, do loans and whatever else, right? We can start doing that management. We have the governance oversight from Fat Cats Council. We have a great process of reporting. And if we have a fiduciary license or the ability from the Guernsey uh, Financial Authority to be creating these kinds of funds, we can white label that and offer that service to other groups in Web3. And that's super bullish to me because that's a money printer, right? We will be, you know, it's like, a, a bank, right? We will have a certain legal status that allows us to do wonderful things and 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 just earn, you know, income from it, right? I'm not saying it's not going to be work. I'm not saying, but it's very cool when we can get into an administrative role, right? That isn't dependent on us just making very good investment decisions, but really it's like, you know, an open sea situation. We become a market maker in a niche that no one else wants to touch. So, that's where we're at. That's going to be uh, timeline-wise. I, I think you should expect um, by the end of April to mid-May, we sh- I, I will be coming back to you with the options and then kind of as a DAO, we can chew on them and work out the best solutions. But that's the timeline. Uh, this is going to probably be deliberated on, you know, with the lawyers and stuff to the end of April to mid-May. Then we can start doing all of that. Once we decide on our legal process, the whole legal formation might take another four to eight weeks tops, I would think. It should be pretty easy since I'm located over here. Uh, and then and then we can start talking branding and things. And then parallel to that, we will continue building out our research department, continue fine-tuning our reporting and regulation things so that we've, you know, we're ready for whatever those requirements are and also for our kind of you know building this good name because i think you know even though our floor has been pretty sideways or boring we've built a very good name in the space where we've survived and that is important in the space so we need one good drop of news right to to really get people's attention to blow up fat cats and then of course while that's going on keeping our trading going right this is a tough market, there's no denying it, but there are great opportunities. There are great opportunities in, in cryptocurrency because, you know, they're going sideways. You know, Park, I mean, it's difficult, but at the same time, it's pretty predictable. I see Baba in the crowd as well. I mean, there are opportunities, especially with leverage as well. And, you know, we've got good good plays in process. Um, and the rest of our strategies that we have employed as well. Nadia is pretty damn bullish on gold again. Uh, she's seeing some patterns that she likes. I am pretty bullish on uh, some of the Yuga, the Yuga plays that we can do. Uh, and then I see Bella's just joined us. Bella already filled them in on Pudgies. But um, emerging blue chips is probably the toughest of our strategies right now. But, you know, once once you're back and, and with us for a bit more time, I think Pudgies and Renga will see some opportunities there. So that's the summary, everyone. For me, trading and getting the regulation sorted in the next six to eight weeks is my core priority. Uh, And then, as I say, then we can start talking floor and branding because until we get the regulation sorted, everyone is so scared and so so in denial right now that it would just be stupid. We'd be throwing money at branding to pump our floor for the short term to help some people get out of fat cats because they want some exit liquidity. Whereas we've promised to build something over here that is not only going to legally be sound when no one else is legally sound but also if we do it right gives us an opportunity to scale ourselves drastically both for the for the for the strategies that are working right so we can take any of our strategies that are working and do extra raises and grow them and if i get this really sorted right then on the administration side we can you know be a market maker the equivalent of kind of open sea for funds and and DAOs and structures like that and start to earn a really good income um, and offer oversight and governance and so on for for some of the better traders and DAOs over here that need legal protection. So that's where we're up to. Uh, a lot of work ahead of us, but I'm I'm pretty damn excited. I'm pretty excited. AA, Baba, anyone, you've got any questions? Anyone want to add anything or ask some questions or just give some comments? Yeah, <clears throat> I have a question. Mm-hmm. Oh, if it, 
if uh, fat cats becomes i mean it's just it's already an inequity of uh, of the fat cats now but let's say that we we have a legal wrapper that we incorporate yes uh, you're saying that um basically even if we are not uh, accredited investors since we already own a quote of um, uh, of the company we get the equivalent uh, equity but in the case in this case uh, what happened with the uh, with the trade of pet cats because the moment you uh, you sell your your part of equity uh, are still fat cats uh, nft and security so i wouldn't be able to buy them back because i'm not an accredited investor fantastic question so just to summarize what paul's asking over here is if fat cats is deemed a security and no matter what legal wrapper we do the fat cat is deemed to be a security okay the legal wrapper allows the current holders right the legal wrapper will be a solution for the current holders to own fat cats but surely buying and selling fat cats itself would be a problem because it's deemed a security 100% however you know this is the part that i think a lot of people don't realize the burden is with the marketplaces right the, mm-hmm. the burden with two groups of people really okay the burden is with the initial public offering people so we screwed up when we offered fat cats but that event is long past no one will blame us for us the sec is only giving clarity now no one cares no judge is coming after us for that initial offering especially since we don't offer staking rewards and we don't have a coin okay so that event is long past but that is that is event issue number one were you allowed to do an offering no fine but that event's passed aspect number two is where can people buy and sell this equity that's a problem for marketplaces okay now that's not a problem for you mr american you mr or mrs american can buy and sell all you want right because remember the sec's laws relate to companies offering those offerings and marketplaces having those offerings available to people okay and so if you somehow find someone who's willing to give it to you that's not on you you're under no legal problems as long as you're paying your tax so who's the problem with pearl the problem is with the marketplaces so what might happen and what's likely to start happening is as we start to get clarity that nfts are all securities that is going to be a situation for blur and open sea and stuff right so similarly for example as coinbase is now fighting viciously with the sec and saying if you're deeming all of these things to be securities then we as a marketplace have to now start to go through a ton of paperwork to list to have any of these for, for sale right so Yes, that's going to come. That's what I mean by saying the gatekeepers, but that's not our problem. Our obligation is to get a legal wrapper. Our obligation is to honor the votes of the holders. Will will the whole market start to become tougher on where you can buy and sell said NFTs? 100% they're going to come on them. But that's not our problem to solve, thankfully. Unless, just to be clear on one thing, this is why I've also shied away from all of these people that say, why don't you make a website and your own marketplace to buy and sell fat cats? Aha. Well, no, because then we are offering a, <laughs> a, a bartering place to buy and sell our own equity. That would be highly illegal if we're deemed a security. So I've always shied away from that because then I get to put the burden of the KYC and the crediting and the, the, the legalities on OpenSea and Blur. Does that make sense, Bill? Yes, 100%. Wonderful. But yeah, I hope, you know, I think OpenSea has some very good lawyers. I don't know if Blur is taking it as seriously yet. But yes, if, if we're deemed to be securities, they're going to have to do a hell of a lot of filing. Um, you know, and I, I, I wish them the very best of luck. But this is why, you know, all of these gimmicks that people always went for, like staking or having your own marketplace... Uh, or an ERC-20 token, you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous, man. <laughs> those are, those are, those are the, the danger zones where SEC comes and says, um, okay, we forgive you for your initial offering, your IPO shouldn't have happened, but why the hell are you still offering a security though? You know? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we do not want to fall into that very, very deep hole uh, because, you know, the, the fines can be enormous. Um, but for example, I I read something about uh, uh, that if you do 
I mean, the people, the, the reason why the uh, like the layer two solution that uh, uh, issue a token, or for example, uh, Blur and uh, and what else? I don't remember Arbitrum. They do an airdrop uh, for that reason too, because Correct. if they do an airdrop, they do not have the same problem as uh, Correct. issuing. Uh, yeah. Correct, because there was no initial, there was no offering, right? It's a present. Mm -hmm. You can give people presents, like saying, oh, well, you know, my McDonald's Happy Meal toys are extremely valuable now. You know, the McDonald's created a, you know, a collectibles market. No, that's a byproduct. You created a collectible market. They gave you a present. Mm -hmm. Okay. You see? So, you know, you can make a market out of anything. I mean, if you want to go and see some of the weird things people collect in the world, right? I mean, people make a market out of anything, right? Bubblegum wrappers have the most valuable baseball cards historically, right? Bubblegum, like we sold bubblegum. We just put extra presents in so that you'd buy the bubblegum. The fact that you all baseball nuts are crazy and are paying, you know, 10,000x and what the bubblegum costs. 20 years later or 30 years later to buy a Babe Ruth, that's a new cool people, you know? But we just gave you a present. We sold you bubblegum. So same with Blur. Blur is like, you know, we've got a marketplace. They're going to be governed on the marketplace issues. But on the token, they gave it as a present. You know? So, but, but, it's not as simple as that, Paul, because Blur did require you to do actions, right? So, you know, to get their coin. But one can mm -hmm. argue there that, again, that's also not the Howey test because then you've earned the token because of your own work, right? That's the difference yeah. between proof of work and proof of stake. Proof of work, you have to mine to get those tokens, right? They're not just giving you those tokens. Proof of stake is similar to a security because proof of stake is I literally staked and went on holiday and then I'm earning passive income. That's a security, you see? Um, AA is asking, what's our budget and how much sorry, of our treasury? Sorry, Dylan. Yes, sorry, Dylan. Before you go into that, there, the, for, and I don't know if this has been discussed at any point. Um, so in the US, they're looking to ban specifically the use of VPNs and make that illegal. So that is a way that they might be um, not addressing the security issue, but they'll, if they outlaw VPNs and then no one lists, like in the US, there might be additional problems. Uh, but it's very specific to VPN usage. Um, so it's just something to also pay attention to. Absolutely. Sorry. Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. Because that is, if they get their their uh, anti-TikTok law passed, the byproduct of, you know, those powers will be that, you know, anyone using a VPN to circ to go to a banned site, right, that would normally be geo-blocking them or that they, that they have banned, uh, would be liable for a very big fine, right? And so I, I, the most recent was like it's like up to twenty years in prison and two hundred and fifty thousand uh, for a fine. Um, so they are looking to. I, I think they're just trying to find more ways to come after people before they start that the come after. Like they want to make sure that you're caught up in the laws, which was like part of the whole. I love like you addressing like not uh, doing a marketplace specifically. Because it's avoiding one of those possible loops that they could catch us in, and and that that's what it'll come down to. Eventually, most of us will just get caught in loops of red tape. Exactly, and that goes back to our our original comment all the way back a year ago, Bella. Right? They go for the gatekeepers, right? If they can control the banks and they can control stable coins and they control the marketplaces, then coming after people like fat cats is irrelevant to them because they've, they found the way to scare the hell out of you. And most people will be scared by this, right? You want to talk about mass adoption. Nothing screams, you know, uh, mass adoption not happening when when your banks are making it impossible for you to buy crypto and 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 then there's all these potentials of, you know, you've been in jail, for, you can be put in jail for 20 years, right? Uh, you know, it's most people just say, you know, well, screw it. And then what will they do? They'll go to the institutions and buy one of their mutual funds that's buying Bitcoin and stuff, right? But then again, the the the, the TradFi uh, economy gets to still retain control because again, it's via BlackRock or Fidelity Fund or something like that. So yeah, they will try and scare, uh, you know, people from having their own custody and investing directly and stuff like that. No jokes there. Uh, AA is asking a good question about budgeting. Our budgeting is about 4700 a month. We change over uh, from ETH 
Um, every kind of four to six weeks, we wait for opportunities when we see pumps so we can get the best price to do so. That budget is kind of a fixed fixed budget. For, for the legal fees and things, I will cover the initial consultations. But once we work out some legal options, uh, I will bring that to the DAO to vote on and we will approve a kind of a one-time fee. So uh, yeah, we've been, you know, we're, we're, we're stockpiling. We have kind of a six months runway at any given time. But if we, you know, if we need to go with a bigger amount, uh, we will ratify it first because we've we've always gone the approach of we knew we needed legal stuff, but um, you know we would vote on it as kind of a one-time thing to be approved. Uh, so that's that's the approach we're taking. What do I think it's going to cost? AA, if you want realistically, uh, between ten and twenty thousand um, on the one-time kind of fees, and then there's once once we get a structure set up, then there's you know annual fees that are not terrible. Uh, annual fees are usually in the range of kind of 2000 a year or something to the different fiduciary groups and stuff. And then there's also the question of, you know, if we do get a, a Guernsey structure, if we get it like a full fiduciary license, then we might be liable for uh, up to 10% tax. But again, 10% tax on doing all of this amazing work. So, you know, no biggie over there. But we might be exempt from that as well, because if we do the headquarters in SARC, but get a Guernsey fiduciary license, we're not actually offering financial services in Guernsey. So there's a good chance we might have 0% tax as well. So I'm looking into all of these cool options. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's a framework. It's also why I chose the Channel Islands over Switzerland, because really, if you want to know that the kind of the four big players right now in the whole offshore space is Dubai, uh, who has a dedicated kind of crypto fund and everything like crypto financial department. Cayman Islands, who is the biggest offshore uh, fund manager anyway as a location, but I don't think, you know, they have the quality of framework that, you know, Dubai, Switzerland and the Channel Islands have. Switzerland is the third one, but Switzerland is a lot more expensive when dealing with the FINMAR, the Financial Authority of Switzerland, and a much higher tax rate. And then the last is the Channel Islands, Guernsey and Jersey, and I'm hoping we can do things with Guernsey, but if need be, we'll do it with Jersey, which is instead of being kind of a half an hour ferry, it's an hour ferry, so I can work with them as well. So Guernsey, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of, you know, from my own experience in history of working with the Channel Islands, I have a very good hope that both the UK and the Channel Islands in general are going to really try and seize a lot of this business because this is a major opportunity for the UK and for the Channel Islands that have suffered tremendously on the on tourism and on local production since Brexit, right? And so, you know, London, the city of London is historically a very powerful financial player, uh, as are the Channel Islands uh, and tourism. Uh, and so I think they are going to, you know, the U.S. is going an aggressive approach. It does seem to be that the U.K., the Channel Islands and the EU are going on a far less aggressive approach because they really, really want this business. And for all of the kind of the Democrats who are like, well, you know, doesn't matter. We'll just tax them and stuff or we just won't let them do it. The beauty of Web3 is, you know, it's not that hard to move HQ somewhere else, right? We, we, we're not Tesla, we don't need a manufacturing plant, right? It's, it's, it's literally, you know, Web3, because of our diversified ownership of holders via the DAO and stuff, we literally can claim our HQ is wherever our core team is and wherever we've got legislation, all of that going on. Uh, speaking of Dubai, how are Artstyle looking to address these issues? You mentioned before you had friends in their council. I do not know of any DAO other than um, Ape Foundation who are in a much you know, different situation because they are a foundation who are taking the legal stuff seriously yet, AA. I know that uh, Mutant Cats formed as a British Virgin Island uh, trust you know, almost a year ago, um, which that structure will not serve them well anymore, in my opinion. But I don't know of anyone who's taking this seriously. Um, art style might be in a unique situation because they are genuinely or, you know, can claim that their HQ is in Dubai. And so they might by default uh, have solved the problem, at least for their international holders. But for the American holders, I'm, I'm just not hearing anything yet. AA. Most people are still playing the at least publicly what they're saying to people 
they are le- they are playing the ignorance card. They're saying, oh yeah, well we you know we'll wait until regulation comes out, d- despite the fact that the SEC is literally screaming at the top of their lungs, you are all securities, right? I mean they couldn't be clear on that point. Will they win? Will they win, AA? Like, you know, just because the SEC is saying that doesn't mean that the SEC will win on that charge. They will probably win. Um, They will probably win, which means that retroactively, the courts will not punish people like us who formed DAOs, but they are stopping innovation, right? The, The declaration of all of us being securities doesn't really hurt us from what we've done until now, but it kills the whole market doing innovative things or growing right? You can't have new fat cats coming out, right? And people like fat cats can't just go and, you know, do do junior mints, right? A stock split or raise funds for something else, right? That's where they win, right? By controlling, by controlling the narrative of it being securities, by trying to stop people getting around geo-blocking um, and all of those and, and going after stable coins in the marketplaces, they stop all future innovation coming right they they stop all you know the growth of the sector they've they've put a sudden halt to it and yes you know i do think for our eu holders and for our uk holders and stuff things will be a lot better but i always try to solve things for the us both because number one it's our priority if we can you are a lot of our holders are american holders number two america is still one of the two biggest capital markets in the world. We want people to be able to come into fat cats that are, you know, in the US or US companies or institutions. And number three, you know, first they came for Alex Jones and then they came for you. If America succeeds at doing this, um, you know, the other countries of the Western world will follow suit, like Australia and Canada and so on, where a lot of our holders are too. The only reason they wouldn't is if they can see an opportunity to quickly, you know, give the middle finger to the US and get all of that business, right? I'm hoping that the silver lining here right now is that the recession we're in is going to make countries that can pivot quickly like the UK a lot more aggressive and hungry. And then when they start to do that, what will then start to happen, hopefully, is many of the states like Texas and Florida will quickly run and try to pass state legislation so that they don't lose business, right? That is kind of the best case scenario. In other words, the SEC has default federal power unless a state SEC says we don't want that to apply, right? So if... If the state legislators start to quickly pivot and try to make themselves attractive to crypto, that is that is a big that is like the main party who can fight the SEC on the federal level. Uh, it's not so simple; it won't happen very quickly. But that's like the good case scenario for Americans, and I think that that only happens if the U.S. kind of loses its cartel, right? In other words, if the EU and the UK and Dubai and stuff don't play ball, which is looking like they won't that's when the states will start to fight and pivot. Uh, any other questions? EOT, did you want to ask something? No? Awesome. Okay, well, I think I think that's a lot to take in. So to summarize again, we're going back to the monthly newsletter that will come out and we'll have a lot more information because I'm no longer scared to speak. Um, you know, this, the part that the council knew was that Israel is pretty damn aggressive on the things like the US. Uh, their banks have become more and more aggressive. So I was very kind of really trying to keep it low key. I don't have that problem in the Channel Islands, so I can talk as loud as I want in the newsletters. Um, of course, I'm going to try and have a bit of the English culture rub off on me and swear a little less. Uh, and then our AMAs are going to be monthly like we're doing today, the last week of every month. The newsletter will probably follow maximum kind of five days later uh, because I like to give the council the chance to overlook it and see if I've you know said anything incorrect or that we should you know uh, do differently or have them kind of give me updates on their trading and so on. So that will be uh, coming out soon. Uh, and then we will have Weekly still making it. And uh, I believe also Bella does her show with some of the ladies, girls on top. I will be doing that pretty much like clockwork um, going forward and using 
you know, still making it to talk a lot more about the markets and kind of, you know, current things that we're doing as Fat Cats, whereas keeping these monthly AMAs really for the deep dive of governance, protocols, updates and stuff like that. So um, just to summarize again, where are we headed? Kind of what's the plan? Continue to build a track record so that the different strategies we have in play, continue to build out the research and education so that we have a common vocabulary now tackle the regulation as our main priority. Once we have all three of those pillars in place, then we can start talking about the floor and branding because then it will make sense for us to make a hell of a lot of noise about fat cats, grow a hold account, etc., etc. But until we solve that legal point, we need to go under the radar. As frustrating as it is to some people, I'm sorry, you know, but but really, that has to be our priority. We have to do this right. Otherwise, we're just giving people a pump to get some exit liquidity. And that is not what we built here and what we promised. Okay, everyone, have yourself a fantastic uh, weekend. And, you know, if you have questions, please tag us. If you do need to just vent a little bit, I get it. Tag us as well. And, you know, we'll talk about it and stuff. So I'm formally ending this AMA uh, and then going to kind of keep opening over here if you anyone wants to just kind of talk a little bit.